Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Pure Victory Podcast hosts Brad and Matt here with you again for another great episode. Did, you, did you say okay, everybody? That's how you started? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you know, like that. <laughs> I'm still trying to find a tagline. I love your hey, hey, hey. Oh, you know what we were going to do the other day? Remember we were talking about a dad joke of the day or a joke of the day? Yeah. I know yeah. I just put us on the spot and we have nothing, but I remembered that anyway. I wanted to bring that up. Got nothing. I also ran it by our leaders and our leaders like, don't, please don't. <laughs> don't do that. Well, now I want to do it even more. <laughs> hey, I got one at the top of my head. Here's one. What's red and shaped like a bucket? Oh, no. A red bucket. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Hilarious. I know you're all just rolling on the ground with that one. But <laughs> please don't turn us off. This oh, will get better, man. I promise. It gets better. It gets better. <laughs> Anyways, Pure Victory Podcast. Hope your 2024 is going great. And we're praying you on, cheering you on. Uh, today we have kind of an awareness episode, podcast on kind of the state of the church and where things are going. Uh, I heard this recently and it was just something that we wanted to have a conversation on, but uh, I heard this on another podcast actually. And the guy was just talking about how there are, are threats that the church has to face externally, internally. And he was mentioning that porn is uh, such a factor right now. And so that's why this episode that we wanted to talk about is porn is the actual biggest threat we believe to the health of the church, the internal threat, biggest internal threat, I should say. And we want to unpack that because for some of you, you might be like, nah, don't buy it. Others of you might be like, yeah, 
we're with you, we're tracking. Others may have no clue what we're even talking about. We've met with many pastors, especially you, Matt, that have said, I don't think that's really that big of an issue. And that's one narrative we're hearing. And then we're hearing other narratives like, this is the biggest piece the church should be talking about. And then other, all of the differences and shades of colors in between. We're, we get all of that. But really in the, the state of our era, our culture, our world, porn is a massive factor. And we really believe is probably one of the biggest internal threats the church is facing right now to the vibrancy, the health, and the impact the church can have in our world today. So it's so important that we talk about this and bring awareness to why we think this is the case. And not only just what we think, let's actually lay out the case for you and you decide. Um, but really, it's we believe it is the, the, the biggest internal threat for sure. Yeah, and with internal threat, what we're saying is like like behavioral sins that are inside the church. I mean, what is what is greater? There might be things I'm not sure, but but this is certainly a big one, and and there's a strong argument to make for it's the biggest internal threat. But there's also things inside of us like shame and guilt and pride and those kinds of things that we carry that those are those are really damaging and probably that's even more rampant. I would say. But as, ter- as far as things that people are doing, I mean, like we can get rid of this behavior and we have to talk about it. I, I always look at Ezekiel 34 and-, and looking at the importance of it because there's a rebuke to the shepherds of Israel there. And it says like, you guys care about your own comfort and you feed yourselves, but your your sheep are wounded and you don't even care for them and your sheep are scattered and you don't go look for them. And and you know, when our sheep are wounded, we do have a responsibility, whether we're pastors or not. I think that we all have a responsibility just as people in the church to make a difference in the way that we can and to pray and ask God, like, what can I do here? Um, Because it's not all on the pastor, although a pastor can open doors for these things. But sometimes it takes a person going to a pastor and telling their story and just say, hey, this is my story. I know other people struggle. Here's a ministry or here are ministries, marriage ministry, porn ministry, whatever that that, that we could partner with and maybe you can have a conversation and just um, just start it that way and, and see where things go because there's a responsibility when our when our sheep are hurting we need to address that wound and bring healing to it it's kind of like feeding a sheep whatever it eats and water and grass whatever and and but it's got an infection like a big open wound in its hind leg and it just goes uncared for and well i'm feeding the sheep water like i'm feeding it water yeah but you're not caring for the wound right and then that gets infected and it eventually wrecks the whole body and brings it to death and so when we're in our church like maybe in in our immediate family there's no sexual perversion that we could point to maybe there's no porn but in your church family there is and so we can see that and notice that and go man if this continues it's going to lead to broken marriages which are going to lead to kids being affected it's going to lead to bitterness in the people that are in those marriages it's going to lead to isolation in friendships where people are isolating in relationship and not opening up and not going deep and then people are going to be frustrated like why is there no depth here at this church and people i remember one pastor saying to me like man i wonder why these guys or, or somebody in our church was wondering why these guys these young adults don't go out to to volunteer nights and the pastor goes it's because they're all at home watching porn like they don't (laughs) they don't go do things because they're watching porn and whether it's the timing that gets in the way or just they don't feel qualified because of what they're doing they feel that guilt and all of those things it's a massive internal threat 
to the church, to the health of the church, the effectiveness of the church. And we have to, we have to address it. But sometimes, Brad, and we don't see like the far reaching effects of porn and sexual perversion. No, we don't because it's hidden. Um, it's manifested outwardly in other behaviors, but it is hidden behind closed doors often. And that's why it's so dangerous. Uh, in the past, uh, if you wanted to view porn, you had to physically go to uh, a convenience store or wherever else. You had to actually visibly do something where you're, you're more visible. Visibly do something more visible. There you go. <laughs> but there was more of an effort. Nowadays, we have access at our fingertips. And that's why these days, this day and age is probably a period of time that we've never encountered before. There has always been sexual perversion and sexual sin. That's always been. But now we have access to it at a far greater depth and far greater advanced technology than we've ever experienced before. So this is really affecting us in, in really profound ways. And we're just laying the case out for you here. Matt did a great job. But just think of it this way. Like, I know that there's a study I always cite. 2002. That's 22 years ago. Am I doing my math right? 22 years it. ago. Um, the divorce attorneys, matrimonial lawyers, the four divorce attorneys, they did a study back then and they revealed that well over half of the marriages that dissolved have divorce that they were dealing with. They were the result of porn use in the marriage. That's incredible when you think back to the world that was in 2002 very different. Nowadays, we have high-speed internet. Uh, we have access to well more of a, of a catalog of porn than we ever have before. And we're way more sexualized in, in that aspect of the technology that's advanced this kind of behavior. So think of where it is now. So if porn's affecting marriage that way, when a marriage is struggling because there's porn at, in the marriage, kids are affected. The witness of that couple is affected. The witness of those two individuals, husband and wife, is affected. The wife is traumatized if her husband's struggling or vice versa. The husband, if he's the one who's, who's looking at porn, he feels shame and guilt. He doesn't feel like he can serve in the church. Maybe he's stepping back a bit from his kids. His kids are being affected. Maybe that's being revealed in their, their, their lives in their formative years. They're, they're starting to see the effects of that because they don't feel safe in, anymore, even though as children, they don't understand why, but they notice something with mom and dad's off, so they don't feel safe. This affects so much of what's going on in the church, even with singles. There's a young adult maybe who is attending young adult services at the church, but he's, he or she is just so wrapped up in this addictive pattern of behavior with porn and masturbation that they don't feel like they can serve. They don't feel like they have a story. They don't feel like they can let anybody in. So they keep people at arm's length and they don't get involved. They don't get involved serving in their church. So the church loses out because of that. And then if, you, if someone comes into this environment and this is what's occurring in the church where people feel shame and guilt and they have these big kind of bogs of weights on them where they just don't feel like they're running free, people recognize that and they're like, well, there's not much happening in this church, right? There's no vibrancy. I'm not seeing the spirit move. And they're not understanding it's because of a lot of these things that are going on in the background that we don't know, that people are hurting, that there are marriages suffering. There's individuals and singles suffering because of porn use. It's really causing these things to happen. So then what happens to the overall witness to the church, to the community, the local community? If there aren't people stepping up to serve, if they're so internalized and they're not looking outward to help others because they're bleeding out, 
what is the church doing in their local community? Not a lot, <laughs> right? And the pastor is overwhelmed because there's all this crisis happening, marriage breakdown, and they're seeing maybe people leaving out of their church because they're just suffering and they're not getting the help they need. This is affecting so much. And then when a church is not doing well, that community is not doing well. And then our cities aren't doing well. And then our country is not doing well. Just think of that reverberating effect. And I don't mean to alarm anybody, but we need to be aware of the effect this is having. We got to name the enemies in our land and we got to be aware of what they are so that we can stand firm and strong. And it just takes the start of one of us to get free. When one of you, including us, when we get free, we can turn around and help others and pull them out of that mud. And that's really what we want to do is, is start to move that way. So the inverse, if you're picking up on this, the church can be the greatest beacon of hope and light as well. And, and so when we're the purveyors of hope, and we should be because we have Jesus, when we're that in our culture, man, look out world. Like that's really when we, we start mobilizing and working. We see the church move in such powerful ways when just one of us starts stepping out in the call that God has for our life. When just one person moves in that way and sees the freedom they have in Jesus, starts walking in that, starts living out the call that God has in their life, in their, in their workplace, in their community, with their friends and family group. Wow, it's incredible what God does and works through that person's life. But the same thing when they're bogged down in shame, when they don't want to step out in that, when they are so completely entrenched in addictive behaviors and patterns, they're, they're just really a shrinking violet, really. Like they're, they're, they're nowhere to be found when it comes to serving in anything. And at the same time, they're needing such help because, well, uh, they're at a stage of crisis point and they don't often know where to get help. So they just stay stuck in that, that mindset for years. And I was there. <laughs> Matt, I think we could talk about this, right? We were there. And you know what is funny? When we were both battling porn and addiction, man, would we step back from serving opportunities. I would step back from opportunities to pray for people. I would step back from opportunities to get help, like where I would actually receive that community that I needed, where there's people that care. And I'm not actually engaging in that. I pull back because I'm scared. I'm shamed. I don't want the people to see me. So I don't, I remove myself from that. And we have so many people in our pews that are, are at that point. And I'm not doing this to shame you or to put guilt on you. If anything, this is an awareness thing because I can put my hand up to all of those things. And uh, I just want to say that there's hope and the church is the light of the world and we can be the hope of the world because we have Christ, but we need to identify these threats. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am. But I literally can't point to one person in my life who is like, like really changed or impacted because of me when I was watching porn. Is it always that extreme? I don't know. I'm probably not, but well, I know it's not, but for me, it was like, it was so limiting. It was, it was wild. All of what you just said, Braden is so true with how this limit, sexual perversion limits our effectiveness. But I want to say another thing too, is that sometimes the spirit of God moves through people who are in sexual perversion, 100%. Who, where pastors are having affairs and watching porn, but yet leave, leading these amazing services. Or Ravi Zacharias building this massive multi, multi, multi million dollar ministry, leaders all around. Like, if I heard one ministry leader put it so well, like, if somebody from the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries uh, organization contacted you, like, hey, I'm from Mars that I am. Uh, do you want to meet? It's like, yeah, like yeah. you don't say no to them. Yeah, for sure. 
huge. And yet he's abusing girls the whole time and sleeping with girls and going outside of his marriage. And, and so it's like, what? Or parents where there's sexual perversion, but yet they, they hide it and they do all these things and they're committed to the church and they're doing great things and they commit to prayer and they commit to Bible reading. And then eventually their kids find out that they had affairs and maybe their marriage splits or their porn was there and there's shame and different things. And then the kids are like, what? Like, was that even real? And this is the damage of that, that when the spirit of God does move, like he does things. But when we're hiding our perversion, it's like it, it creates so much damage once it comes out. And the residual effect of that is is brutal. Like the Ravi Zacharias followers, like it's so damaging. It's so sad that the kids of parents where this perversion has happened amongst Christians or Christian leaders, pastors, like it's so sad, the residual effect. And once it comes out, it can often take years for people to recover uh, from that. And so the the effects of pornography are rampant and and devastating. Like it's not just like, oh yeah, we should quit watching porn because it's morally bad. No, it's like there there's so many different reasons we should quit and why it's an internal threat to the church. And so we want to encourage you to go to your church and, and go to your pastor if you need to. And you could refer them to this podcast as a very introductory thing. Just, hey, there's this podcast you can listen. This is uh, if you want to do something about this or if you have people coming to your coming into your office, maybe you could refer to this podcast, Pure, Pure Victory Podcast. Maybe you want to do some more uh, some more, some event type stuff or host small group type stuff. Um, and you can partner with Family Life Canada or Restored Ministries in those ways. It's cool to be able to take that first step in your church. And I've seen it, like I've, I've done events where it's not the pastor inviting me in. It's, it's people that go to their pastor and say, hey, could we do this? And the fruit of that has been amazing. Porn erodes our intimacy with God, which is the foundation of bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. And so we need to have, intimacy with God where we're kind of like we have a heart abandoned like we're we're just we're there like God do what do with me what you want and I'm yours and I'm fully surrendered but when there's porn sexual perversion we're not quite there and so if our intimacy with him is what leads to fruit and this gets in the way of us having intimacy with him then it has a direct uh, hindrance on the fruit of the church or us personally and I remember when when God, if you've been listening for a while, I'm sure you've heard, but when God spoke to me to get me out of porn, he said, hey, Matt, I want to use you, but you've got to get pure. And I thought that that was just, okay, get rid of porn and then that'll be good. But really what God was going for was a purity in my heart that was evident because I was watching pornography. But in my heart, there's like, there's idol worship going on. There's like, what does that mean? Well, I'm I'm looking for to pornography for my pleasure where God wants to give me pleasures. I'm going outside my relationship with God. There's so much shame. There's so many secrets that I'm keeping. There's a bad self image that I have on myself. I I don't believe that God is as present with me as, as he actually is. And all of these beliefs that come because of sexual perversion in my life, those are the impurities that he was wanting to deal with where when those are then rectified, there's so much more intimacy and then so much more fruit. And so when he was saying to me, hey, I want you pure, it wasn't just quit a behavior, but it, that was the starting point of it. The starting point was that, and then going, okay, what is beneath this behavior mm. that mm. 
that also is affecting my life and hindering the effectiveness through my life. And so it it's not just the porn. And that's why we're talking about like the further reaching effects of this yeah. and why it's so internally damaging to the church. You were saying before, Braden, that with external threats to the church, we often thrive, right? Yeah. Like when there's persecution. We do. We know this throughout the world is that when the church faced external threats, where there's opposition, even full on persecution, where there's governments against the church or there's even threats of violence or death. The church actually does well. It thrives because people see the power of what it means to follow Jesus. And when they do, man, the darkness and the light, there's such a strong contrast. Um, there's external threats that, yeah, the church faces here in the West too. A little bit different, but really I think that often what we see here in the West, because we have freedom of assembly and religion, um, at least for now, we've really had a cushy. And I'm not saying that, hey, we need to have some persecution. (laughs) Um, What I'm saying though, is that the internal threats are often the thing that impacts the church in the most negative way here. And really, yeah, porn, I love what you're saying, is the external manifestation of, of a deeper issue. And I think we have a shame problem, you know, when we were not willing to talk about what's going on because of these behaviors like porn and masturbation, because it feels so shameful, we create really inauthentic people. Um, I was really inauthentic. I I lied a lot when I was battling porn. Uh, I tried to hide from people, hide from my wife. Uh, I just lied about everything. Um, Not only porn, but what I was feeling, what was going on in life. I lied, 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 lied. Why? I felt like dirt. I felt like just a pervert. I felt just terrible on myself. I felt so much shame. I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing. And can you relate? (laughs) I think that sometimes when we're battling shame, that's really what just keeps us so stuck. Can you imagine if that we have many of these, this many people struggling with the same thing I was in the church and what that does, it just affects so much. And really what happens too, is there can be a boomerang effect when we're safe, um, seeing this, we can actually go so performative and legalistic to the point where we're really inauthentic in the sense that we put on the mask, we have the veneer, we look a certain way, we have the fake plastic smiles, the country club atmosphere that sometimes happens in the church uh, and where we're not sharing anything. People ask you, how are you doing? Hey, great, Bob. I'm doing great. You know, went on a trip to the family to, you know, Hawaii and doing great. The kids are great. Da, 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 go down the list. But you never really talk about what is really happening. Saying, hey, my marriage is really suffering. I'm looking at porn and I can't stop. I don't know how to get help. You know, my kids, they, they sense what's going on and they're struggling in school. They're acting out. All these things that we try to hide from others because we need to keep a status. And that's where performance and legalism come in. You think that you have to be performative to get God's love and acceptance. And you just push that over to others too. You only love me and accept me in the church if I am performing the way that I'm supposed to. If I'm lock and step with everything else that's going on here and with everybody else. But really everybody's suffering. How can a church move forward when that's going on? And I know it sounds like I'm pretty... uh, maybe really looking down on the church here. No, I'm not. I I love the church. I love being part of the church. I love our church family. I love the big C church as well. What's going on in the world. It's just though that we have to be honest and real. If we're not real about what's going on, no one in the world wants someone who's inauthentic, inauthentic. They want real genuine people that are sharing what's going on and not that we're oversharing or being inappropriate. But when you are open 
in appropriate ways with the appropriate channels. Um, but honestly, when you're open with God and seeing him work in these areas, like Matt and I had to do, we had to get very real with the shame we were facing and feeling. We had to get very real with the fact that we were looking at porn and masturbating. We had to get real with that stuff. And when we did, when we finally came to that realization and started moving in that way, man, did God explode in our lives in such powerful ways. And that's what we want for you. Man, can you imagine how incredible it would be when you're running free without these shackles on you, what you could do for the Lord? It doesn't mean that we don't have hurt and pain and that we struggle with stuff. But just imagine when you understand your identity in Christ, when you're able to step into the call, when you see a neighbor and they're sharing something and you have full agency and ability to pray for them in that moment and have those special Holy Spirit moments with people because you're sensitive to the Spirit. You're not feeling that shame and guilt where you can step out into those areas, what God could do in your life and what God can do in and through you. And that's what we want for you. Um, and, and just imagine, I mean, it starts with you. It starts with us. When we say church, that seems like such a big thing. It just starts with one person. And when they do that, people want that. When they, you know, and that's incredible thing that I've seen God do in my life is when you have that freedom, people see that and they want, they're drawn to God, not drawn to me, they're drawn to God that's in me, you know, Christ working through me. And that's what, what the beautiful thing of the picture of the church is, is that's how we multiply, is see the work of the Holy Spirit in one person's life and they become a beacon of light because God's working through them and draw people to Jesus because of that. So that's... There's my rant. That was, was passion. Yeah, yeah. That was passion. I'm inspired. <laughs> like, let's go. I yeah, love it. Starting to flop sweat here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, another thing that it does is it normalizes other sins. Well, I'm not watching porn, right? Like, I'm, I, yeah, I, I told a white lie, but, or, you know, I took a, took a pen. Like, pen won't hurt the church, right? If I just take a pen, well, maybe, but or did you do it with deceit in your heart? Mm-hmm. and was that actually yours like the church paid for it with the lord's money and so those those kinds of little things like it's not right and that's been something that i i felt a lot more conviction in my life over those smaller things when where porn isn't present it's like when, when porn's in your life or sexual perversion it seems like that's almost everything like it, it's like the biggest thing and when you get rid of it, it's like, oh, there's also like a ton of other things I got to deal with too. And so when there's a sexual perversion in the church, say like a pastor gets exposed or somebody gets exposed with an affair or something like, it's like, what? Like the shock factor is real. And, but what about your own little sins in your life? Like that, that's a sin just like that. The bigger, the sexual sin is a sin. And all are, are covered, covered under the grace of God when we repent and, and confess and those things like it just we don't want we don't the little things to be normalized because we have this big rampant sin whether it's in our church or in our life because those little things can be little um scripture talks about foxes that ruin the vineyards Mm -hmm. right and and so that's another reason and it's a ripple effect of why sexual perversion is such a, a damaging thing because the shame and the guilt that often comes with sexual sin is worse it's it's more uh, intense than with other sins and i i think that speaks to speaks to the power of sex and that's kind of a different story but 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 the the shame and the like shock factor of sexual sin is so real and it's not as real with other sins but other sins are damaging too and so when 
sexual sin is there, sometimes it covers over those other little things. And we don't want that to be a reality, but that's another reason why this does limit the effectiveness uh, of churches and the health of churches. So if you're feeling led to to take action and to make a difference, we just encourage you to go for it. It could start with a simple text or email to your pastor. Hey, could we chat for half an hour? I just want to tell you a little bit of what's on my heart. And you go in and you share your story and why you feel a passion to deal with this. And you you literally, it can be an, an as easy as just connecting them to the podcast, or you can look in the show notes, you can find our emails, you can connect them to us. And, uh, and we can take it from there and we can start implementing some programs and just events and whatever it is in your church to make a difference because it really does make a difference. And I look back over events that I've done at different churches and it's like, man, that like, oh, that person was changed, like long-term changed mm-hmm. from that, that event. And then from that event, like, oh, wow, that, that pastor is now talking about it a lot and and it's just like, it's neat looking back at different things that we've done and we can see the fruit of it. And even Brad and you're talking about people that you've prayed for and then you meet them later on. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, you were really impacted at that event that we did. And yep. it's just cool, right? Like doing things really bears fruit and it's important. And so if God is putting it on your heart to do that, we just want to encourage you to take action. Don't disqualify yourself. God can still work through you just taking a step into the battlefield. Amen. Leave that with you. Have a great week. We're praying you on. We're cheering you on. And please spread the word about this podcast. Thank you for doing that. Uh, But aside from that, have a great week. We'll check in next time. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.